Welcome to Talking in Stations. It's Matterall on May 14th. I was going to say 12th. Double checked. It's May 14th. Thanks for joining me today. I'm the only one here because we're going to go over, uh, I don't know what we call this segment, but it's what leaders say. So we'll look at the town hall from Test. We'll look at the fireside chat from the Imperium. We'll compare what their strategies are and try to talk about um, what these leaders are projecting and what they're trying to do. There'll be some housekeeping information that they give people. We'll try to capture some of that. Maybe there's interesting changes in their actual battle strategy or their doctrines. Um, but most of it is going to be uh, attitude and messaging and what they're trying to do uh, to one side or the other. Last time we did this, it was a three-hour session. This time we're going to do it within one hour. And uh, that's also because we only have two now, um, this war has had occasions where Pappy as a coalition will stop, reassess uh, their situation. That's a wrong way to put it. They'll actually stop and pivot their strategy because they're moving into a new phase. So it's not a reassessment. It's more like a pause. Uh, we're now moving in this direction. And that happened after Fountain fell. That happened after they got into, uh, after they took over Aquarius and got into uh, delve itself and so there have been moments where they've paused to say we're entering a new phase let's take inventory and uh, tell you guys what we did tell you guys what we're going to do so that as a coalition or a super coalition uh, has horde uh, or gobbins from horde having a town hall for his guys and it's usually a lengthy one and you have vince draken talking to his guys you have headliner talking to his guys in pandemic legion and, uh, of course, Legacy uh, uh, has theirs. But uh, that only happens when the war is shifting directions. Uh, on the other side of it, the more routine stuff, and by the way, that is what we talked, that's, that is what we did last time, which is why it was three hours long. We had a lot of people to get through, including uh, Brave uh, and Gobbins, that we don't have this time. The more routine stuff that happens regardless of what's going on with the war, is that every two weeks, Test will have a town hall. And so we'll be covering that today. And every week, Imperium has something called the Fireside. So I believe what happens in Imperium is they have kind of a higher level meeting first. And this is how it used to be. They used to have a high level meeting first. It's kind of like the leadership level, the CEOs and that sort of stuff to let them know this is what's going on. And then they would have a full fireside chat for all the members of the Imperium. And then they would do the meta show and uh, and just get all that done in one three-hour block, uh, all that messaging done for the week. Uh, but that changed recently because the fireside, and I don't know about the um, what the what the first one is called. I think that's, uh, I forget what their group is called there, but I don't know if the leadership meeting happens on a Saturday or a Sunday anymore, but they did move at least the fireside chat where uh, usually the Matani and other leaders will talk to all the members of the Imperium. They moved that from Saturday to Sunday. And so now you have the town hall for test on Sunday and you have the fireside chat on Sunday. I'm not sure which one goes first. Uh, they may just be hours apart and I don't know if they actually respond to one another. So not sure. You'll hear the meta show get referenced. That happens on Saturday still. So that stayed put. And so sometimes they'll they'll reference that. Okay. 
let's uh, turn this off because I'll be the only one talking here. And so first up, if you have any questions, I'll be taking questions and that sort of thing. We're going to do about 30 minutes on each. We may not get through all the stuff, but yeah. The next uh, first question doesn't have to do with this, but I'll answer it right now. Uh, Job Talks has been canceled indefinitely. I'm sorry. Uh, the producer of that got busy in real life and isn't able to finish uh, the episode that he wanted to do with the leader of uh, Inner Hell. So we will not be able to have that for you unless we can resurrect it with a, a different producer, which we may do. We'll have to talk to Max Dell and see if he's still up for doing it and then arrange some Russian translation, which is not that big a problem. So maybe we'll give that a, a chance. But Jove Talks as a brand was something that was independently produced by Darkfire, brought uh, to us for distribution. And uh, and he's no longer able to do that. So Jove Talks, uh, as it was, is no longer going to happen. Sorry about that. Uh, not really up to us. We were the distributor. Okay, let's get started here because we have a lot to do. I think we'll start with... Last time we started with um, Metashow, I think. So maybe we'll start... I think it makes sense in this order. So we'll do the Mitanni's fireside chat first, and then we'll go to tests. Uh, I think that makes sense, but I'm not sure which one of these came first and if they even respond to one another. Uh, I would I would leave it for a vote, but I, I don't know if you guys care. Let's just go with tests first, since last time I think we started with uh, the Imperium. So I'm going to go ahead and mute out um, the... Uh, fireside chat and now this is test i've knocked out some areas here where they um are arranging fleets at the same time uh they ask some questions that uh, are i didn't think were very pertinent to what's going on and i wanted to and they had the longer ones so i wanted to get through it quicker so i knocked out some stuff um and hopefully we'll get through anything important okay here we go i'll be stopping it by the way uh to explain what i think is going on just to give you some context so you can understand what they're saying. Okay, uh, let's start with this. Test is part of Pappy, of course. Pappy has moved in and around the Imperium uh, 1DQ constellation. And so uh, this is the second week that that has happened. And uh, not a lot has happened. There's been a lot of uh, skirmishing back and forth. There's been a few, uh, looks like, tears in the fabric of the defense of 1DQ, but there's also been some pretty good uh, fighting back on the Imperium side. Especially today, by the way, there was a really beautiful bombing run by Pando in the initiative, uh, which really cracked um, and wiped out a fleet from the Imperium. And I think we saw... Um, what's his name? Stedio? No, I forgot his name, but he's a FC4 Horde, well-known. And he's come back after he left, uh, really, when the Fountain campaign started. Um, somebody give me his name yet. Anyway, we'll talk about that on Sunday. But it was a, it was a big defeat for Horde uh, today. And uh, a big defeat, meaning it was over. I guess we should look at it. I'll dig it up while we listen to this. Anyway, I'm setting the stage for you. This is the second week. And here is Billy in his own words on uh, the town hall. It actually happened on Sunday. Sorry it's so late, but we were supposed to do this on Wednesday. Here we go. Here's test. Really? Can we get somebody confirm the recording? Local, I'm recording. Thank you. 
Perfect. All right, guys. So this is your town hall for the 9th of May, 2021. Hello, Test Alliance and friends. This is a great week, another great month in the war that is known as World War B2. Uh, we are now entering the 10th month of war, and you know we're actually approaching the one-year anniversary, and that's kind of cool in a variety of different ways, but also kind of weird. Uh, so it definitely means this is now going to be the longest war in EVE history. We have successfully corralled goons into the 1DQ constellation, and the siege is now entering its third week, uh, which has mostly been kind of low pressure and low, low kind of... I don't want to say low energy, but low intensity, I guess would be the best way to say it. And that's intentional, and it's meant to stay that way for at least another week or two, I would think. Uh, we got some ops over the coming days that are just going to continue to keep the pressure up, but nothing uh, too crazy is going to be happening in the coming days, I would think. Uh, we're going to continue to drop structures, drop asbells, drop posses, etc., continue that harassment. But for the most part, uh, it's it's all in good fun, all about keeping things up and keeping it as casual as we can for us and keeping it as serious as we can for them. You guys have all done an exceedingly good job in the last couple of months kind of getting yourselves together, and it, it's definitely been noticeable how you know everybody's kind of managed to get themselves reestablished while we're continuing to fight the war. Movement from Esoteria has been going much better lately, and I've noticed that we're basically down to zero in DP most days now, which is something we've been working on for quite a while, and it's happy to finally see it. Uh, this is a general reminder that any assets you have in Esoteria need to be out of Esoteria and off to Delve as soon as you can, just because at no point are we likely to be going back to living in Esoteria in the future, although I'm sure we'll maintain some combat stuff in DP over time, which will mostly be your hurricanes for now. The rest of what's going on it is just pretty mild. Let's stop there with some talk about Esoteria. Uh, first of all, what he said so far is, hey, we're going to have a slow week like last week. Turns out he's right because this week has been relatively slow. Again, taking out that uh, beautiful bombing run today by initiative. But the um, the week has generally been relatively back and forth. Uh, I'm not sure there's been any real movement. There were a couple pauses that were um, taken out by Pappy, and this gives them like a little foothold possibly in the system because it means they can actually bring some capitals into the system uh, and have a place for them to actually perch that would be safe. I don't know if that panned out. I'm not sure that it did. But he then goes on to talk about esoteria and esoteria is kind of interesting right now earlier in the war it was really uh bastion went there to try to harass uh some you know cause some harassment and it worked over time it took some time for it to work but it finally did uh, with the help of some third parties and uh and so then for a while this place was kind of burnt out and not really defended after a while but recently, uh, Army of Mango, I think, and I think they're helped by, ah, I want to say, let me see here. Army of Mango is kind of working with, is it Severance? I think it is Severance and one other group in uh, Esoteria. Evictus, thank you. Oof, thank you. Uh, yeah, in Esoteria, 
And they have taken back, I guess I could look here. AOM is in purple. Let's just zoom in on this one here. Looks like uh, Test has taken some stuff back. Are we looking at iHubs? Yeah, we're looking at iHubs. And I'll break this out here. Uh, and I guess the other day, this area here, let me quickly. Uh, this area here is the stuff that's been fought over recently, I believe. Like within the last two days or something. And so they're kind of on the march uh, going in this direction. Uh, and so they have basically all this to take care of if they want to reconquer Esoteria. But again, it's Army of Mango doing a lot of this with Evictus. And uh, uh, all this down here is, is, is I'll, I'll call it pacified, right? So it's interesting that he's saying, hey, if you're still in Esoteria, get out of there and come to Delve. This is where we are. Why is he saying that? I think Test that lived in Esoteria or anybody related to Test um, or, the, or maybe even Legacy are said to get out of Esoteria and leave that because that's probably going to go to Army of Mango and Evictus or a combination of the two. And I think there's a third group in there as well. See if that is what IOU is. Yeah, it's Evictus. Uh, sorry, Evictus. So. so Esoteria, there is action. There's kind of a reconquest, much like the initiative did in Fountain. After uh, Fountain was taken, uh, Initiative came back and took it back. They ended up um, really not holding on to it because they went off to do other things and uh, abandoned Fountain, but they did manage to reconquer it. Okay, let's go on with Vili. And I, I understand to a degree I'm a bit rambling, but there's just not a ton to talk about. This week uh, and last week have been pretty quiet as we start to enter the siege. The coming week, two weeks are probably going to be a, a little bit on, more on the quiet side too. Uh, everything's good. <laughs> that's that's really that's really the just of it. I, I didn't have a ton to talk about, so it's it's going to be much more on the questions and what craziness you guys can come up with for in this week. So that's your five minute pep, and now drown me in you know depressing questions. Okay, so now he's going to take questions. Um... I cut out some fleet talk here and we'll move on quickly. I've also highlighted, as you can see here, some blue areas where he talks about um, more or less war themes that are bigger. So we'll make sure to hit those if we run out short on time. Um, and here we go with some question and answer period from uh, Billy. Um, yeah. How did, are you running for CSM again? Yes. I will be running for as CSM 16 and I will, do it one final time. Uh, it is, yeah. How does it feel to demolish goons and then watch them go? Uh, before we get into that, the CSM thing, he actually is running for CSM, we think, because Pro God Legend has also thrown in his hat. And we know that Ron USMC is running for CSM also from Test. So you have three guys from Test running and they're going to need to work out if uh, one is going to either Vili or ProGod are going to uh, give up the bid this year, or if they're both going to run, I'm pretty sure Ron is committed in a more independent way to running. So it will be interesting to see how they sort themselves out. They may actually compete uh, or have to establish themselves in an order. Remember when a coalition like, uh, sorry, when a, an alliance like Test, which represents even a, a coalition like Legacy, they may have to take considerations into other 
alliances in the coalition if they put together a coalition-wide ballot. Uh, in other words, uh, I think there's a guy from XIX that's running. Will he be able to get a high position on tests or legacies uh, ballot? And if that's true, how much will that displace someone like ProGod or Ron? Because vote trading is a very big deal among NullSec. They have their favorite person that they want to put forward, but their second and third choices normally aren't their own people. Those seats, uh, second and third, are traded for influence somewhere else to ensure that at least they get one in there or possibly two. It's going to be interesting. Okay, let's go on to, this is political news here, so we'll, we'll listen to that. How does it feel to demolish goons and then watch them go Max, Karen, or, or Eve about how they think they're winning? It's actually kind of like depressing and scary at the same time that people can be that, how do I say, brainwashed? Blind. It, it's, it, it's very, it's very disconcerting that people can actually kind of mentally brainwash themselves to that level that they think that now that they're down to their one constellation, they're all going to start winning the war when there is literally no path for to victory for them at this point. Since uh, the a bit of an exaggeration, I think there there's no path for victory. Uh, I don't I don't see path for victory but if they get into a huge fight m2 happens again that's a path to victory so that can actually it is still within the realm of possibility of happening and that's just thinking off the top of my head uh, imperium may actually have some secret plans that we don't know about uh, but uh, what Vili is saying is these guys are doomed they just don't know it yet dead man walking um, and he thinks it's kind of weird how uh, I think he's did he say cultish or something they're acting when they rally around their leader. And later we'll hear the the response to that um, when we hear the Imperium stuff. Not the response to that, but just the other side of it. Uh, so at this point, that's a little bit on the... Um, is that control? Uh, what is it? Not control. Is that concern trolling? Or is he actually does he actually believe that it's a bit weird how cultish uh, the Imperium are acting? Or Goonsworm? Since uh, the demolishing of all of their structures like their only real hope their only shot the only way they can feasibly even hope to get a reasonable resolution at this point is to hope that we fall into a second m2 level turkey shoot kind of event or something and obviously you know that's the only thing we're really playing to avoid everything else is kind of on the table and i don't think we're too worried about taking out calf fight super calf fight etc as long as we can make sure the server holds Big if. How do we plan to counter the goons' bubble spam and capital advantage? It seems like a really strong defensive position without our own caps. Um, so bubble spam, I'm not really sure what you're referring to. Uh, capital advantage? Uh, we're equalizing capitals. Obviously, they have a sino jammer and capitals under that sino jammer, which gives them a bit of an advantage for a while. But as you've seen, goons are super hesitant to use those capitals outside of tether which means sooner or later we will find opportunities to break pieces off of uh, their defensive platform and we will work around it. And once we get one of those little breaks, we will just take a vice or I can't remember what the tool is, but we will just take that little crack and we will just pry it open and open and open more until that crack is really nice and fucking big. And then we will walk right through it. 
they're playing to not lose and we're playing to win. And eventually we will find a way to win. That is just kind of the way it goes. Uh, saying that we're not going to use our own caps is not really correct either. It's just finding ways and opportunities to get them in. I know even yesterday we were talking about going full ham with caps into one of the other systems, but we didn't do something the way we wanted to. And uh, it's just kind of the way it goes. Interesting. They were talking about using caps, uh, but something wasn't set up right, so they didn't like how that was forming up. In, it would be interesting to see if uh, capitals start to get used in super capitals at that, but we'll, we'll see, uh, I guess, in the future if that happens. Didn't happen this week that I know of, except I think there was one fax, but that's not much. How is initiatives deployment going? Um, they deployed to BRT, much like when they deployed to Esoteria. I don't know if any of you remember that. Uh, they promptly lost their staging Fortizar and all the things that they staged out of it. And then they moved back or alternatively to the side of jump, put up some stuff in UMON, but have still stayed deployed in Curse. And the fleet that's currently in this channel, if I understand correctly, uh, just finished reinforcing their old stager in UQ. And we'll see how uh, they want to react to that one, obviously. Uh, we reinforced the Oh Shit Fortizar as well. And the Oh Shit Fortizar, yeah. So I, I'm I'm very curious as to see how they're going to play that one out. Uh, suffice it to say, um, initiative without Dreadbomb kind of providing them uh, all the backup is, is really just not a hyper-relevant force in the war. Um, unless they've got kind of that backing from Dreadbomb, they just aren't able to do anything outside of Euro time zone. And in Euro time zone, there's not any like real key objectives for them to win, so... It is what it is. Not to say the initiative's weak, it's just that they're, you know, strategically they're just not a major card without kind of that backup. Uh, I think that's significantly diminished from where they were when they were living in Fountain, which was uh, you know, one of the goals of the war, really. Yeah, they're only about half of the strength at best from when they were in Fountain. Uh, I still remember, the, actually, I was quite surprised. I remember when they formed almost 1,500 people in Fountain, I was like, what the fuck? But, yeah, obviously that's uh, long gone now. Uh, which alliance gets 1DQ once we donkey fuck Broke Swarm out of it? Um, Sorry, missed 1DQ that. is slated to be space. And, yeah. Are you proud of the chaos I caused in the meta show yesterday to the point they called me out by name by Kale? Uh, what did, I don't know what happened. I don't, I don't, uh, sorry, I don't pay attention to the meta show. What, what did they say about you? I was just chatting in comms, and uh, yeah, Mittens wasn't very happy with some of the things I was saying. Yeah. <laughs> Absolute chaos. Well, as far as meta show goes, uh, I, I think it's kind of unfortunate, because it's very clear how unhinged uh, the Mitanni is kind of becoming day by day, and it's obviously not very healthy and whatever, but uh, if you compare the meta shows from week one of the war to now we're into week 40-ish, I'm sure. Uh, it, it's a very different kind of style and approach, and it's definitely not a healthy one. And the level of toxicity kind of being displayed is there. It's just not something I, I think, you know, we, we should play with or interact with. We just focus on winning the war in game, and they can focus on calling us names on Twitch. And if that's the way it's going to go, I'm, I'm more than happy with it. That is a little uh, 
little of both there, a uh, little name calling, but also very responsible leadership saying like, we don't really want you guys to fight them in the metasphere. We'll fight them in game. We're winning. So why not? Uh, so don't add to toxicity. This is Tess he's talking to. So I can't imagine if they, they would be toxic, but he is being responsible and saying, don't get, don't get too involved in that. He's not saying go out there and get involved in that, which is the opposite of, uh, um, actually the Imperium doesn't do that either, but they also don't restrain their guys. So we'll hear a bit more. Week 40 ish. I'm sure kind of unfortunate because it's very clear how, and it's obviously not very healthy and we're into week 40 ish. I'm sure, uh, it, it's a very different kind of style and approach and it's definitely not a healthy one. And the level of toxicity kind of being displayed is there. It's just not something I, I think, you know, we, we should play with or interact with. Sorry. We I just focus on winning place. the war in game and they can focus on calling us names on Twitch. And if that's the way it's going to go, I'm, I'm more than happy with it. Uh, we have Malachite, Cytoserin, Gas, and Delve, which is used in Mind Flood, other drugs, but more importantly, in Faction Battleship Capitals. I am huffing it, but everyone I ask doesn't know who to sell it to. Do we have plans for such invaluable resources? At the Alliance level, we don't have plans for that resource at the moment. I am sure we will come up with them as we kind of further cement our control on Delve. The reality is, if you want to sell that stuff, put it on the market in T5Z. It's probably like the third or fourth most active market in the game right now, and you know, this is your advertisement that, hey, builders, if you're looking for this gas, there's probably some for sale in T5Z. Okay, some commerce there. Battleship doctrines are <laughs> still incoming. What's the ETN? So hopefully you all have um, your Tempests and TFIs kind of starting to build up in your hangars. We haven't called for any of the fleets yet, but that's more on a combination of us not being confident in you guys all having the ships than it is on anything at this point. So once we have like a really good feeling that everybody's got the ships and we're ready to rock and roll, then that's exactly what we're doing. And a lot of what we're doing right now is much more low-key kind of casual harassment, which doesn't require these kind of heavy battleship doctrines. It's much more about mobility in and out, that kind of stuff. So the focus is just not on where battleships are right now, but it will probably be soon. And we continue to encourage you to get your shit together and get your battleship sorted in your hangars. So when that time comes and shit starts to pop off, then you're ready to rock and roll. Um, we're probably going to be prioritizing Tempest a little bit heavier than Tempest fleet issues right now with the current uh, adjustment to the way in which those doctrines are um, changing with industry build cost stuff. But for the moment, it's uh, make sure you get your TFIs and your Tempest. Okay. Oops. Not a question. A plea. Let's not be shitlers on Reddit. Rise above. Uh, I am of the opinion that that is exactly what we should try to represent. We should try to be the better man. And I know certainly uh, Sapporo Jones has tried to be the better man. All right. So again, I think this is a responsible leadership uh, taken at his word. And he points to uh, another test leader named Sapporo Jones, actually the uh, in-name leader of test and the uh, the administrative leader. But uh, he's also a Reddit, I think he's a Reddit moderator, if I'm not mistaken. And I don't know if he is, but I can check while we're looking at it. Something happened with him banning some Imperium guys, so there was a back and forth. I think that's referred to on the other side of this. 
so the Imperium guys got banned and then they got reinstated and everybody kind of cooled off, but something was going on there where they got into it. Uh, Sapporo Jones has tried to be the better man and it's not went well for him. He's tried to be impartial and moderately a cabron. Obviously things have been brigaded against him and if you paid any attention, they, they've called out Sappho as the most evil of us. And, uh, well... You can be the own your own judge of that, I guess. But uh, for now, we're just going to continue to focus on you know trying to keep the discourse in game as much as we can, and avoid trying to you know play toxicity games outside of the game. Now remember, we're we're talking about Tess. Tess is not known as the most classy joint. Uh, I think Brave came into existence as a reaction to Test being a. Uh, uh, you know, edgy. Uh, so when Brave arrived, it was like, let's do what Test is doing, but let's be classy. And so I think there was a reaction because both groups kind of came from Reddit, where Test is from. So that's responsible leadership, though, saying don't get involved with that. On the other hand, they are winning in this war, right? The, the, the score is not tied. The score is 80 to 10. Doesn't mean the game's over, but these guys are winning. So it's easy for them to say, don't worry about that external stuff concentrate on showing up and participating in this game you're going to have the opposite i think when you hear the imperium who is not winning in this war and you're going to hear them uh and their strategy will be different than uh let's tone it down treat everybody with respect don't get involved you're not going to hear that from imperium but you will hear that from the guys who are winning on the ground it could be the other way around if the war was looking differently than it is today is a bit more how did Progod and you decide which one are you going to do CSN this year? Uh, I was hoping originally Progod was going to do it, but his work schedule is just not going to fly with it, I think. And that didn't last. Progod did sign up. So. Because there was no summit this year and my life is going to allow for it this one final time, looks like, then it looks like it'll be me. That's changed since then. The appropriate response to them spamming their winning point to falling out three controlled regions down to one constellation. Tell me, how are you winning? I mean, listen, guys. If you go down to their level and try to argue with an idiot, you're only going to be brought down to that level, right? Like, isn't that the internet meme? Like, if you try to... Yeah, and I, I think they they have shown they will beat you with experience when it comes to arguing stupidly. Uh, concerning cap production, are we going to have a team that mines gas in Iridia or other regions in which the required gas material resides? Eventually, yes. Right now, no. Uh, obviously, our main focus right now is continuing to prosecute the war and continue to win. All right, we're... Is it acceptable to use vigils in Battlecruiser? Okay, we're listening to uh, the town hall from Tess. We're getting word now, as you can see in chat, that there seems to be some kind of big battle beginning. I'm going to try to look into that as we continue to listen to this, but I'm going to assume that... Um, I'm not going to make any assumptions, but we're going to continue to listen to this until we can get more information on that. During battleship fleets, yes, if you're a new bro, it's 100% acceptable to use vigils. We always need vigils. Vigils are fucking excellent, and everybody should They just talk about vigils and the inner players. I'm going to skip this part and go right to some more of the politics and the war, uh, the war sizing. Is there a possibility of a negotiated settlement? Uh, probably not, no. The the Imperium is they're they're so far off that kind of 
so far off the plank, I don't think there's any way in which they would ever admit that they surrendered. So, uh, We never used to use Hicks, but they have gotten requested a time or two this month. Are they on the list of things we should be keeping around? Yeah, you should always – like, Hicks are awesome. I have th – my my three sign pilots are all former three Hick pilots. They're, Hicks are such an important kind of utility tackle ship to have around at times. All right. A little more information on the uh, battle that's going on right now. It involves Initiative Abaddon's. I was seeing this earlier because I went to uh, see the initiative, and I'll just show you that now. Oh, where did it go? Here it is. It fell out. Sorry. So this is the initiative, and let me go to the overview instead. And I saw a lot of Abaddon's uh, getting... Uh, destroyed. I was looking to see if their Fortizar got destroyed because Billy uh, was talking about Initiative not having a good campaign at the time. Now, uh, it depends on how you look at Initiative's campaign because some people look at it as they were going there to harass and they're doing that. At the same time, they weren't able to really establish a foothold back east. So um, they didn't. Maybe they didn't expect to do that, but but they weren't able to even if they. Uh, uh, weren't expecting to be able to do that. So let's look into this. This is 3-TAC-D. That's why there's pinging on the Pappy side of things. Uh, there's some fleets going in there, some Munins. So I think, uh, I don't know how big this gets, but it's under 1,000 right now. It may grow past that. This is happening right now in 3-TAC-D. And, uh, oh, I believe there are initiative supers uh, involved, as you can see here. Maybe we'll run somebody there. Unless it's one of these gets captured or um, tackled and is in danger, which I don't think it will be because they're on their home turf inside of 3TAC-D. That's, that's a very well-defended system inside of the 1DQ uh, area. Let me show you where that is. It's where a lot of the action has been happening inside of Delve. It's really where the war has come down to at this time. Uh, again, we're always looking at this. Uh, let me grab that. Here, we're always looking at this area here, and so 3TAC-D is here, and let's go back out to 3TAC-D. So, now I've drawn this before, let me uh, try that again. Uh, this is the headquarters here of Pappy, and they have a jump bridge. Ah, let me uh, get that back to there, and then they cross into 3TAC-D. So they're, they're not having to go through... Uh, let's go with blue. They're not having to go through 1DQ to get down to uh, 3TAC-D. They go around. This is important because this is a very well-defended gate and hard to, hard to go through. And that makes all these areas here really hard to get to because there's no way in except to go through 1DQ. On the other hand, and I've said this before, these two systems here are outside the 1DQ, uh, as, as you can see, the 1DQ gate, because they go around it. And that's why a lot of action is happening in 3TAC-D. And right now, it looks like the initiative is uh, losing... Let's see how big that is. Um... This is not the battle report that is uh, has summaries. Here we go. Yeah, it looks like initiatives, you know, the 30 billion mark, that is not complete yet. Uh, there may be some surprises there, but that's what's going on right at this very moment.
Okay, let's uh, continue down this and then we'll move over to the other side of it so we can finish. Uh, by the way, I'll be talking about nullification on open comms tonight. I'm going to hang out with the guys. I won't be talking about it uh, any more so than anybody else that has even more authority over it, but I will be there just to have some fun with the guys. So if you will join me, that would be awesome. Okay, here's more town hall that happened on Sunday. You to tackle capitals, prevent them from jumping, you know, super bubbles, all kinds of good stuff. And they're just really good ships to have. Uh, last I checked, the wiki did have fits for them. Uh, I don't know if it still does, but it should. And they're basically workable in almost any fleet, whether it be eagles, minions, whatever. Are we willing to sit down and negotiate peace with goons, or are we going for nothing short of unconditional terrain approach? I think we'd be willing to sit down, but I don't think they would be. That's huge. Uh, but, you know, that'd have to be a full pappy decision, too. And I, I just don't see any possibility of goons ever coming up to the table, coming up with that white flag. That's huge, right? He's willing to uh, negotiate terms, but that would have to be a whole pappy decision. And he doesn't think uh, the Imperium would ever agree to that. But that's just the first time I've ever heard that. If you're fighting a war of annihilation, why would you want to uh, have terms? They're, they're really extermination, I guess, is what was uh, listed out there. The messaging from Pappy has been a little confusing even from the beginning, uh, some leaders saying one thing and, and some leaders going beyond that, and then everybody getting held accountable to everybody else's words. This is what happens when you don't have a really disciplined message like the Imperium has. So they, they don't allow um, anything official to come from the Imperium unless it's coming from the top, and that gives them a lot more message discipline. Will you save me if I super rat? If you've got a Sino and you're in range of T5Z and you ping quick enough, there's a chance you might get saved. But uh, if you get 200 bombers on you, you're probably dead long before that ping goes off. What stuff do we need industry guys to build? I couldn't tell you, honestly. That'd be a sad question. At the moment, it's bassies. We need more bassies. Yeah, I'm told uh, for some reason our bassy supply is off. That's true. I think somebody says that's... Looking... Not anymore. Not so the lines are back online and running. So there should be tech two like bases and things coming shortly. Nice. Well, we lose lots of logic in most fights. Sometimes to the tune of much more than we lose in hacks, so if you've got the ability to build stuff, there's always Eagles, Munins, Bassy Simmies to build. Uh QO the prod facilities are online and far cheaper than T five. So if you want to do and avoid the high percentage of T five, come over to Q zero. Corp shelling out their CTS. Uh Space Kid, looking way forward, what do you predict will happen after the war? Temp Blue Alliance is failing, or will we take on another foe? Post war is post war. Uh nobody has any idea how this game is gonna look post war, honestly. Because nobody really knows how it's going to look in a world with, you know, goons either on the move, beaten, whatever, right? So it's a, it's a open question and not one we have the answer to. Uh, we will see what we get when we get there. But certainly I think everybody's looking forward to taking a couple months uh, break, focusing on rebuilding the infrastructure in Delve for us will be priorities. And we'll, we'll kind of see how it goes. It's uh, it's certainly going to be it's certainly going to be uh, an interesting uh, couple of months post war for sure. All right, more politics here. 
Do you have any standing orders for the average line member F1 monkey, like go here and shoot goons or hell camp this gate when you're bored or mine when the engineer, etc. So at this point in the war, uh, the focus is very much on sustainability. And if you're not focusing on your own personal sustainability, then I would recommend you focus on either just chill camping EV or uh, 1DQ gates and T5Z or 3D gate in EV, 1DQ gate in T5Z. Those are both like relevant gates to camp. But for the most part, it's just, you know, have some fun, continue to build up our new space, continue to work towards uh, better living there. You know, anytime you see a goon group leave the constellation, cut them down in short order and make sure that they pay the price for leaving the, their prison cell. But for the most part... Uh, you know, just try to, how do I say this, keep your, keep your mind in it for the long haul and keep your, keep your wallet sustained, keep everything kind of happy and chill. Uh, one of the kind of myths that people like to throw out a lot about this war is that, you know, goons could never run out of money, but it's already been shown pretty conclusively that both that they can and that they are. And uh, obviously you guys as well. It's one of those things where, you know, e even with SRP, losses uh, are not perfect, and we should always endeavor to ensure that you can uh, have all the ships you want to have, keep working towards the goals you want to work towards in EVE. All right. Uh, we're going to run out of time if I don't switch it up, so we're going to go ahead and move over to the uh, Imperium's uh, fireside chat. Uh, there's a bunch more questions and answers. This is mostly questions and answers on a very quiet week. So it wasn't a lot there. What I did note from test is the guys uh, keep wanting to know themes. They, he was asked three or four times, uh, you know, tell us about the theme or will we accept their surrender? What's it look like afterwards? Like they, the test guys want to know the general direction, the general theme. And uh, there's really not a lot that he can give on that. Uh, the thing about, you know, if, if uh, Goonswarm wants to surrender, we'll consider that as, as a non-starter. He knows it, but he addresses it anyway in a way that was a lot less definitive than the way uh, he addressed the war at the beginning. Or not just him, but Pro-God Legend addressed the war in the beginning. But if you ask them, uh, how, how, do these two, how do you reconcile these two things? I think they may say, well, look, we have them boxed up and their influence is uh, limited, right? They can't break out of that box or whatever. And uh, therefore we have some kind of a win scenario where we said we were going to do, we we're going to take them off the table as a player on NullSec. Uh, whether that's true or not, I don't think so. But, uh, but you could see like they could start to reconcile those two things if they wanted to accept some kind of surrender. I don't know. It's a non-starter. Uh, okay, here we go. This is the meta show. We're going to start a little bit up here because he does some personal stuff first with his guys, and we'll see where we're at. And we'll just go for as long as we can. We'll go another few minutes, and uh, and then we'll move over to a different show. Oh, gee, I'm going to faint. I better clutch my pearls. There's a, a filter song. Okay, I started in the... I don't know how I got to the middle there. All right, here you go. One of the things I want to point out about that is as soon as you can get your fucking vaccine, please do it. Uh, we can't fuck or party or do the kind of things that we enjoy doing until everybody's fucking done that shit. 
especially with this India situation being ugly. Uh, yeah, like get a fucking jab as soon as you can. Uh, okay, so he's talking about uh, real world stuff there. We'll move into Eve in just a second here, telling his guys to get vaccinated, which is, I think, a really good public service. I think the whole thing about uh, India is misplaced. Probably should have sent sympathies to India instead of saying like, hey, they might create a virus that's going to come back and kill you instead, which is kind of like maybe what he thinks resonates with his members or not. Um, I'll say it. What, what's going on in India is terrible. And we'll just leave it at that. Here we go. The subcontinent is turning into a mutation factory. It's not good. All right. So I have a number of to-do items that we're going to go into later on in the fireside. I'm going to go ahead and get started on this. Uh, there is some shit talk I want to make about our enemies, but this is going to be more of like a psychological thing uh, to try. I, like I had some insights on the meta show yesterday uh, in between screaming at the top of my lungs. And uh, I, I think I've kind of drilled down on one of the things that really is differentiating us from the enemy. Now, obviously, we have our own culture. Uh, the enemy has many different cultures, though. There's a lot of them. It's the entirety of the rest of Nullsec, but mainly their ruling class, right? Like, they don't really give a shit about the line members of Pispy uh, any more than we give a shit about the line members of Pispy. Uh, but the the attitudes and some of these sort of uh, uh, underlying things that are behind a lot of the motivation. Because, you know, when you see the way that the bad guys have been screaming and screeching at us in just this last week merely because you guys have been pointing out the whole blue donut thing when they have been i mean it's not new they've been blue to 103 alliances since what like july of 2020 uh and so it was unusual to me to see them screeching so much when we point out that they are achieving their objective of bluing the rest of nullsec besides the imperium right this is what they wanted this is what they've been fighting for so when i'm on the meta show a lot of times uh i'm you know i'm throwing shit at the wall and I'll watch to see how the puppies are reacting in chat. And then I can sort of like adjust. Uh, and, and, you know, it, it teaches me a lot as to what is going on in our enemy's head. Well, let's stop there and uh, just understand the meta show. Uh, he is a lot of times the Matani style is self-confessional and strategic because he wants to show you uh, some of the interesting stuff about how he thinks and plans at the same time. Um he uh, is so he's demonstrating and allowing you to understand like his point of view. And I think that's true that he experiments with meta show to try to insult them to see what sticks. And then he knows what themes to drive home because he's trying to hurt their feelings. And uh, he'll explain why later, I think. Um, but uh, the meta show then becomes a tool for him to figure out what narrative to push and you'd have to think about that if you're on the meta show to talk to him and to see him bow before uh, Pappy. That's he said many times. That's just never going to happen. If you're coming for that, never going to happen. But I think a large part of meta show watching from people who are not Imperium are to see how is Matani going to squirm out of this, or maybe they like Brisk's characters. I don't know. But I think it's a lot of like. Uh, what I'd call like almost like rage watching and uh, wanting to see him squirm under pressure. And he's saying, I'm giving you nothing. In fact, I'm just going to poke at you and figure out what makes you mad so I can do more of that. And the fact that they were as pissed off as they were for us pointing out what they themselves have been openly talking about was unusual. Uh, and it's kind of gotten me thinking. And so essentially what I've figured out 
it, it was really when they started going after me, and they've been doing this for years, that I'm not a fleet commander, and therefore I should not be an alliance leader, and also I am wrong. I, Alexander John Turgo, the Matani, am wrong, and you should not like, trust, or respect me, or any of the things you feel about me, uh, because I do not play EVE Online as a fleet commander. And, you know, that's cool and all, and I've always... All right, so this is a criticism that he's not an FC, therefore you shouldn't follow him. I suppose that was leveled by somebody in Pappy or Reddit or somewhere. So he's responding to that. Kind of blown that off. But it got me thinking. And I realized that uh, I think it goes to a core of who the enemy is and some of their uh, unexamined beliefs. And I believe that one of the biggest unexamined beliefs of our enemies is that they should in their minds, be able to control how other people play EVE Online. That these are, uh, they essentially, like when we find people who play EVE in a weird way or an interesting way, in a non-standard way, oftentimes those people, if they're good at it, they end up getting promoted. Uh, but we have here this culture of, amongst our enemies, of teachers, pets, and tattletales, and mall cops by the way, that's true and very interesting and I think uh, something that's admirable that the Imperium looks at people who are doing interesting things and uh, if they're doing those things well, promotes them. Sometimes those things are nefarious, but a lot of times those things are just interesting. And so there is a culture of um, if you're doing stuff that is interesting and beneficial to the group, you know, that kind of stuff gets is a little bit of a meritocracy there, which is kind of nice who want to police how the sandbox is used at a fundamental level. And if you're old school, if you if you responded to the Horn of Gundor and you came from the Great War era, you might be really kind of confused about the nature of our enemies because they are different in many ways from our old school enemies. Uh, old school Hell War was old school Hell War. And it's very unusual, uh, at least to me, because I'm old and whatever, uh, when I see these guys freaking out about people playing in the sandbox in the sandbox game. And if you if you look at it from that perspective, that they have this very constricted idea of how Eve should be played, which I believe is in fundamental opposition to a game which the theme song of which was Harden the Fuck Up. Let me remind people about this. The theme song of Eve Online is Harden the Fuck Up. This is that game. Now, there are rules and regulations surrounding EVE Online that we believe in strongly, right? We do not... By the way, the HTFU song that was... And they made a video uh, was... I think it's misinterpreted. At least uh, I think CCP has come across as saying, like, we meant it in this way. Uh, and so he's using it, I think, in a different way. I could be wrong, but I think he's saying, uh, stop your crying. And... I think CCP came out and said something about like, well, we weren't telling you not to be crybabies. That's not what we're saying to our players. And it would be a stupid thing to say to players, right? Like, you know, I, it would be a stupid thing to insult them in that way. You could still be the boss and, and, you know, be hard on your players without insulting them in that way. Uh, but I think he's using the leverage of CCP as, as part of a weapon to say, we do this right. They do this wrong. Not think that you should metagame on the CSM. We don't think that you should be relying upon Casino Isk or all of the other various things that the bad guys do. We also CSM. We don't think that, like, that we believe in strongly, right? We do not think that you should metagame on the CSM. We don't. And that's not necessarily true because, uh, first of all, 
they, there's a few instances where, for instance, I'll give you a couple of for instances. They had Sion, who was the chief of staff at the time uh, for Goon Swarm, as somebody who was on uh, CSM. He was considered a divisive figure by uh, the people and the community team, or a couple that said that uh, he kind of divided the place and not a lot got done, so they didn't really want him there. So they kind of concocted a rule to say, if you're involved with any group that talks to other game makers, we can't have you on our council. And there was only one member like that, and that was Scion. So Scion was not allowed to run again. Kind of a dumb rule, because literally, if I had a cousin who worked for Sony, I could still have a conversation with him. And that wouldn't be against the rule. So what's the point of that rule? But uh, they saw that as a, a conflict of interest. So they said, yeah, you can't. And the reason is that Scion was part of signing contracts with other games and moving uh, people from uh, the Imperium into other games. Not moving them, but allowing them to play other games or maybe encouraging. I don't know. So it seemed like a conflict of interest that you could put on paper. But when they did that, when CCP knocked Scion out of CSM, the response was to put Zanuria up as a CSM member. And uh, uh, Scion said, hey, we believe in Zanuria. You know, he's, he'll be a good CSM. And in fact, he wasn't a terrible CSM. Um, but that was not, not metagaming CSM. Uh, Zanuria was known as a, a troll at the time. And uh, so that was a reaction and saying, if you're not going to take me, we're going to, you're going to take this poison pill. And uh, by the way, I think Zanuria is running again and he was a CSM before, but still that was the back at the time. I think that was the, the correct thinking about it and correct framing. Also, you've seen Aerith say, look, I'm on the CSM and I'll tell CCP the truth if they want to hear it or not the first time. After that, you don't know if I'm telling the truth. And that was a funny and witty way to say like, I'm being truthful. You can trust me the first time. After that, you don't know what I'm doing. Uh, there was also, you know, meeting with the judge over dinner and convincing him to flip sides. Uh, and there was also, um, I believe, talking with Sort Dragon to work out the deal, the Northern deal. So Aerith did talk to the judge and say he flipped him at the CSM meeting. Now, that wasn't that wasn't metagaming with the CSM structure, but it was using that opportunity of bringing people from NullSec together to do the business of the game, using that meeting opportunity to then have drinks afterwards and actually play the game in a meta way. So, uh, so again, I th and, and here's the thing. You can say that was just Aerith, but that's not true because Matani became chairman of... CSM. He ran and, and took the position of chairman with the most amount of votes. First of all, because they made a chairman position. And then I'm sure he said, I want that. <laughs> you know, I want that for Christmas. But he took the chairmanship because he got the most amount of votes after CSM had okayed or had consulted on a jump bridge change that affected NullSec. And so the narrative was the CSM are affecting this game. Therefore, we as NullSec are going to protect our interests by winning the CSM. And ever since then, you have seen a strong interest in NullSec dominating the CSM. That's where that comes from, uh, game design. So when he says we don't really meta that, uh, that's, not a, that's not a credible thing. Uh, I do understand what he's trying to say, which is probably like we don't 
we don't push our interests uh, inside of CSM. We try to do what's healthy for the game, and that may be true. Believe in strongly, right? We do not think that you should metagame on the CSM. We don't think that you should be relying upon Casino ISK or all of the other various... That's not true. They had a casino uh, themselves that just wasn't successful, so they weren't able to raise money with it, but they, they used that. They also rented territory. They may not like it, but they did it, and that's part of the record. Um, uh, but what he's saying is that our culture doesn't really like that stuff, and we're not really like that. Those other guys are, though, and he's making a differentiation between his group, his people, his culture versus all the people that are against them things that the bad guys do we also don't really like the whole renter system the whole rent extraction feudal stuff in the core of goonswarm's dna uh forged in the great war we have always been opposed to that kind of old school kind of thing that they do they, their feudal rental system all of that uh but but it really got me thinking like the, the the anger and the screeching of this is uh unusual because you'd think they're getting what they want they have 103 alliances blue largest blue donut da, da, da. but they don't want to be called out on it they don't want to be called out on it because they all want to agree with each other at a certain level about how great they are. And this is why it's not just that they're teachers' pets, tattletales, and wannabe sandbox mall cops. Uh, it's that they want this kind of weakling consensus that they all agree with each other about all of the things that they agree about. And one of the reasons why they fucking hate the Imperium is, is that we're not interested in what they think. Uh, and we call it their bullshit. And also, we're old school, at least those of us who are old school and have been around. The dudes who respond to the horn coming back for many, many years, uh, these pispy guys, they want to play a different version of Eve. It's much more anti-sandbox. And I think that that is fundamentally one of the things. And I think this will make them very angry. And, you know, I'm, you know, I'm not saying this out here as, hey, guys, this is an attack line to use immediately. I am theorizing, and I've been thinking about it since that show. Uh, and I'm going to work on developing it. But it's very interesting when you when you sort of follow the bouncing ball from the way that they react to you continuing to fight and defying them uh, and the way that they react to the way that I play Eve or the way that other people in the Imperium play Eve uh, is that they want to make the sandbox into not a sandbox. They want to make it such that if you are in NullSec or if you are participating in the Eve market uh, in a way that they can get their uh, greedy little hands on, uh, that they want everyone to obey their leadership's consensus. And it is a weak consensus. And this is... this is There's a ton of projection going on here. Uh, if you just take everything he said and apply it to the Imperium, I think there's a lot of evidence that it, it also works uh, looking at them. Uh, uh, the market stuff, of course, but also uh, people wanting to design the game for other people. It was the Imperium that championed what was called the the null deal which was basically let us live uh, with uh high density in a system which actually was one of the problems of TrueSec uh, going back 2014 2015 when all that changed it created a problem for the game where there was too much density and too much richness that is now being unraveled that's what uh, CCP has been doing over the last 2 years uh, since blackout pretty much they've been unraveling the mistakes of putting a lot of density and money together um and and, and so that was definitely something that was clearly put out as a public statement and signed on but it was definitely championed by the imperium so they're as guilty as anybody else about wanting people to play the game the way that they want to play it
This is very important. It is a fragile consensus because, again, tattletales, teacher's pets, and mall cops are known for their onion skins. And this is something that we see. You know, it, it's been strange because this war has been going on for so long. And we have fought puppies for all of our existence in EVE Online. It's what Goonswarm and our friends do. Uh, but it is different in these last few years. I really think it is that compared to uh, Fighting Band of Brothers, right? Like, say what you will about, like, Molly and Diabolic and Blacklight and those guys. They weren't weaklings. Like, they, they were... They did the whole Space Emperor bad guy thing very well. Uh, we were angry at them. We were angry at them for their corruption. We were angry about them for the whole T20 Saber BPO things. I'm not saying don't be angry at Band of Brothers. What I am saying is is that if you are someone who responded to the Horn of Gundor and you came back and you're like looking around and trying to wonder what it is that's different about those guys compared to these guys, even though there is some cultural continuity between them, I, I really do think it comes down to they are trying to create an Eve that is a safe space for their particular issues right for their particular vision of how a sandbox should be which is not particularly sandboxy they don't want goons specifically they're okay with imperium allies and they've done their level best to get rid of the imperium in the sense of splitting us from our allies and our friends uh, because instead of accepting that it's a sandbox game the the sandbox game these fucking people want to control how you play, how you think, how you post about the fucking sandbox game. And they want that so desperately because they are cowardly and they are weak people. They are weak people to need it. Now, not all of them need this. Not, not all of them are tattletales, teachers, pets, and mall cops. But usually the ones that are the most vocal, a lot of the ones that you're seeing, the ones that are the cry bill is that the moment that you... I don't, I don't know where he's going off on this. I think he's just riffing at this point. But I do want to take you back to a, a moment where... And I asked Vince Draken about this, where, where Matani is uh, messaging that the, the old guys were actually brawlers. You know, they brought it and they're to be respected. These new guys, uh, they're chicken. They don't want to. And this is an extension of the uh, thinking that um, Gobbin said, hey, there may not be a big, brutal blowout fight. We may not do that. And that's what triggered this line of narrative which is to say new guys, chickens, old guys, brawlers and tough and should be respected to some degree. Uh, when I asked Vince Draken about that, he said, ha ha, I don't really listen uh, to Matani. I like the old Matani better. He said the same thing. So it was kind of funny that they both say like, you know, what you got today, not very good. The old guys were pretty good though, because they have the obscurity of history, the ambiguity of what happened back then to hide behind. They're all the same people still, mostly, mostly. So I don't see how that changes. Let's see if we can move ahead. Waiting for the final fucking battle. And they are screeching. And I think that the screeching is because they are realizing that they are not going to be able to control us, that they are not going to be able to police the sandbox, that it doesn't matter how much of a fucking teacher's pet tattletale little bitch you are. There is no teacher or mommy that is going to come save them from the reality of people playing EVE Online in fundamentally different ways from the way that they play EVE Online. One of the things that has always made me interested in this game is the fact that, you know, if there's a galaxy, one of the first things you want to do is conquer, well, at least if you're me, <laughs> and not everybody is into the same things that I am, but, you know, if there's a fucking galaxy, I I'm interested in conquering it. How would you conquer the galaxy? If you end up in a powerful position in EVE Online, uh, people will ask you at Vegas. Uh, and uh, let's stop there because I think this is incongruent with what they actually uh, normally say. There's a, lot to, there's a lot to disagree with, and and I'm just going to do it. Uh, 
first of all, uh, if you see a galaxy, you want to conquer it. That's true. Everybody who plays EVE Online at this level is competitive. You have to be to want to participate. Uh, at the same time, I think you see, I think that's true, and especially from him. And he's done a very good job of doing it. What they say, however, is we don't care about killboards. We don't care about uh, we're terrible at this game. You know, they all that kind of backpedaling of like, we're just having fun and all that. That's that is hiding what their real desire is, which is to win. And so I don't think they can have it both ways. You can't say, look, we're just having a good time. We're just having good fights. And also say, we really want to win. You can't have both those things uh, exist. You're either lax about the game or you're competitive about the game. Uh, And uh, so I think he's telling you the truth here. They do want to win. And they always have been. They've inoculated themselves against being made fun of by just embracing being bad at the game. That's always been a shield. And uh, never more so clear than right now. And at other events, hey, what, have you ever tried to take over the galaxy? What would it be like if you tried to take over the galaxy? Like, you know, what would that look like? And one of the fundamental differences between us and them is, is that I don't want to rule over puppies because I don't like them. I don't want to be in charge of those fucking people because I don't like to hang out with tattletales, teacher's pets, and fucking mall cops. I want to hang out with our dudes, and we want to go do our thing, whatever that happens to be at the time. Uh, usually, you know, drugs and sex and getting in trouble and partying a lot and whatever when we're outside of the game. Uh, you know, we want to do our thing. And I have never wanted to be a galactic emperor because I don't want to rule over puppies. And I'm also fine with puppies going off and doing their own thing. We have existed in... Uh, not true also because you have uh, a history of Burn Jita, the ice interdiction in Galente space... Um, you have now these things may be uh, really intricate plans that are financial and they require attacking high sec, which has nothing to do with uh, the Imperium. But you do have uh, a lot of scams against uh, uh, people in high sec. Maybe that's not moving against a different group, but you also almost had a war recently where uh, the Imperium was angry at CCP for blackout and wanted to take it out on high sec. And so there was a war on high sec that was called that never happened. Because I don't think uh, the unification of all of NullSec against HiSec could happen. But there definitely was a lot of rhetoric towards we're going to pick some targets, some industrial bases in and around Jita, and we're going to wipe those out. And we're going to show you what happens when NullSec gets mad. That's what Burn Jita is all about. It's disruption. You may have some financial motives, but the idea is that uh, it's not a benign reign uh, if uh, they are in charge. Uh, I think he's trying to say, like, we just leave everybody alone, and that's just not true. The facts don't bear it out. In this game for 15, 16 fucking years now, uh, in one form or another, speaking of Goonsworm here specifically, uh, and the fact that a bunch of these people want to get together and be tattletales and do pubby things together, uh, that doesn't bother me because I don't care what they do. But we're in this situation here, I believe, from such a broad cultural perspective. I I really think that there is uh, an element of the enemy is trying to control what you say, what you do, how you play, how all of us play. I am not supposed to be an alliance leader because I'm not a fleet commander. Uh, (laughs) And that makes him angry. Because how dare I play in the sandbox game in a way that's different from the way that people play things in other games? There's just this sort of knee-jerk uh, conformity 
and anger at people not conforming that I think we see behind a lot of the screeching. Uh, and, and so, yeah, when I'm herfing blurfs and I'm talking shit on the meta show, that's absolutely what I'm doing and also makes my girlfriend really horny. So that's kind of a thing is, you know, I scream and I herf all these blurfs and then whatever, and then I go on about my day. But uh, this level of screeching from the bad guys in the last couple of days uh, has been getting me trying to think and figure out what it is that's really going on here. What are their underlying motivations? And, uh, you know, it's um, it's gross. I, I think it's fundamentally anti-sandbox. I think that it goes against the spirit of EVE Online. Uh, and I think that if we understand their motivations and understand our enemies, uh, we can do a better job of fucking with them. And I don't like teacher's pets. I don't like tattletales. And I don't like mall cops. So fuck them. And if they're mad about the fact that we're not going to play in the sandbox the way that they insist that we... I mean, what gives these people the fucking right? What gives these people the fucking right to tell us how we play Eve? Who do they think they are? What entitled... You know, and the other thing is they wanted to be strong and dominate. Why are they such little bitches about everything? They don't have the right to tell you how to play the game. They don't have the right to tell me how to play the game. And it's funny when we don't go along with them that they immediately scream for mommy to help. It's, 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 ugh. I think he is uh, straw manning at this point. I, uh, I can't see it is. Uh, and for data, um, says it's, this is straw manning. And it kind of is. He, he, straw man is when you take something made out of straw. It's not a real person. It's a man made out of straw. And you just say, here's my enemy. And, uh, and you're, you're, it, you made up the enemy. It's your straw. It's your clothes. It's your scarecrow. So that's not a real person against you. That's something that you created so that you could beat up on the straw man. And, uh, that's what's, that's what's happening. I think here, there might be a few comments out of Reddit, or maybe it's a huge amount. I don't know. Cause I don't, uh, I don't have any evidence either way. But he's definitely picked an archetype of these guys want to oppress you to play their way. This is for freedom. And I think he's using the freedom and liberty motive for his guys if he's trying to use this for his guys, which I think he is. Ridiculous. Anyway, speaking of mommies, it is Mother's Day. Don't forget to call your mother. I need to do that after the fireside. Uh, so anyway, psycho psychoanalyzing the enemy notwithstanding, uh, let's go ahead and go into some more uh, business-oriented items. We have a couple things to go over here today. Then we're going to take questions, and we're going to go. All right. So one of the most important things that we have seen in the past couple weeks of warfare is the importance of stockpiles, and not only stockpiles, but in these battles that we're having consistently now, uh, to restock the market as soon as you can, right? If you are able to import and get our doctrine ships back up on contract, that is super, super critical. We also want, yeah, exactly, everything that people are saying here in Elysium. We need to get all that shit. This stockpile life is everything, because as you guys have seen, when it's 10% tie-dye, we need all goons be able to immediately grab another combat ship, not needing to wait for SRP, not needing to wait for like the market to work, because multi-fit isn't going to work, and multi-buy isn't going to work, and fucking tie-dye, and be able to get right back out there and kill puppies. Uh, that has been working out very well. I've been very happy with you guys with the level of stockpiles and level of commitment that we have seen. This is more of a reminder of, hey guys, it's not just you personally having stockpiles, but please do remember to restock the market in 1DQ1 to make sure that everybody else can restock and replenish their stockpile so we're ready to fuck whenever we need to. A couple of other things that are related to that. We have now announced a new Drake Doctrine, and I have a message for you guys. Uh, there were some Fit Validator issues. If we could get a link to the uh, Fit Validator, that would be cool. 
uh, and that those are going to be fixed. There is a minor technical glitch with that, but we are going to be getting the uh, Drake doctrine plugged into that effectively. And yes, Drakes are back. These are, in terms of role, these are designed to be sort of like eagles, but more at the battle. Uh, Drakes are cheap. Uh, They're easily uh, creatable with stockpiles of uh, minerals, which I think he was calling for. And uh, with enough drakes, you can uh, shoot missiles and put a a really good volley on top of a target. Even uh, bigger targets are better. So these are good ships uh, for fleets. These were made kind of useless when bombers were around because they're slow. And so bombers could catch up and just annihilate them. And there were other reasons that they went away. But um, I just want to break in here and say there's a few things going on. One is the we're still seeing an escalation happening in 3-TAC-D. I may go to live coverage on that. Also, uh, open comms has started, so that's uh, a, a party. They're going to talk about nullification. We did our last three shows on it, so uh, I'm not going to do any today. I do want to finish this just so our podcast listeners and uh, YouTubers can uh, do this. So we're not going to break away yet cruiser level so is if in a hack fight you would be looking for a tank uh you know for hack fights we'd use eagles in this case the drakes are like the eagle equivalent to go along with the pharaoxes uh so it's pretty cool we are unironically doing an imperium drake doctrine the day has come so okay. check that shit out all right uh somebody's saying calling them sappy which is serenity alliance please ignore the fucked up thing about uh the the situation with pispy is that you know these guys just the hypocrisy disgusts me it, it genuinely disgusts me uh is for years these very same people have been clutching their pearls and pointing their fingers at you all and at me uh looking down their noses at you uh because they accused us of wanting to turn the servant to serenity and like i said earlier i've never wanted to rule over puppies i would never want to be the emperor of this galaxy because that would imply that i would be ruling over people that I don't like or want to help in any way, right? (laughs) Like, I don't want to be in charge of NullSec. Uh, I enjoy doing what I do and staying in my lane here. But the the fact... I don't know if that's completely true because he did form a Discord. Maybe he didn't want to be in charge, but there was a Discord null first, right? So uh, there isn't anything uh, I've seen that Matani doesn't want to be at the head of. Like, I've never seen him want to be second in command kind of guy. Uh, I, I don't think it would work, actually, at this stage. He's just way too big for that role. Um, again, we're getting reports, a lot of stuff going on. I'm going to try to log in and get some cameras over to 3TAC-D. If you guys have a camera in 3TAC-D, let me know in Discord. We'll go to your cam. Uh, uh, otherwise, I'll try to get a ship in there and see what's going on. And we're seeing now pings for capitals. We know capitals are in there for the initiative. We know Imperium is sending capitals. But this is the first time we're seeing Pappy also do that. So this is looks like a big, uh, if nothing else, a big posture uh, engagement. But we'll see what happens. Back to the fireside chat from Sunday. Fascinating thing about the, the Serenity situation is that the very same people that for years have accused you all of wanting to create Serenity, which is the opposite of our interest, uh, have turned the server now into something that is much worse than serenity was when they were pointing their fingers at us about it the hypocrisy is boundless and they should choke on it they should suffer the consequences of the cognitive dissonance when i say that they should suffer a well-adjusted person wouldn't suffer from this they just point out hey look man you're being fucking hypocritical here like you're saying blue donut bad on serenity goons bad and why the fuck do you have 103 alliances blue for almost a year now uh, healthy people will just blow that off. But these fucking thin-skinned little bitches screech like stuck pigs when you point out 
the logical conclusions of their own publicly stated actions. And that's why I think that it's a control thing in the sandbox, because when they say it, it's okay, but you are not allowed in the pispy person's world and they're in their little mind, you are not allowed to do your thing. Only they get to say who does what in the sandbox. And that's why they can say that they want to blue 103 alliances. And every time that they run into difficulties in purging the Imperium, they get to say, oh, well, we're going to spend another three to eight months to do this. And we'll still be blue and we're going to be blue for years. But if you say. 103 alliances, those aren't correct numbers. It's more like 85, at least at this point. There has been some changing going on. But uh, I count for Pappy a total of. Alliance is actually only 36. If he meant corporations, uh, there's a lot more corporations than 103. So I don't know where his numbers are, but I have uh, the numbers here on both sides. Let's see if I can fit this in. We went through this and figured out like who's still around and who's still in the, uh, make that smaller just for viewing sake. As you can see, there's 20 alliances inside of uh, the Imperium, but there's uh, 37 or 36, 37 alliances that are aligned inside of the uh, Pappy forces. And unaligned, there's a whole lot more um, over here. This this is probably like 80 alliances. And this is the top like 120, 200 uh, alliances that we're talking about. So. His numbers might have been true at the beginning, but I don't even know if they were true back then, but they're certainly not true now. What the fuck, blue donut, coward, pathetic, hypocrite bitches, then, I mean, holy shit, Reddit, like, I was I was mean to them yesterday on the meta show, but the amount of screeching, I'm, I'm very proud of it. It's it, it's kind of nice. You know when you're, you're striking blows, when, uh, you know, they just spend the next however many hours. Uh, ooh, Matani man bad. All right. So let me get back to you. I sorry, I was like I said, a uh, little bit fatigued today because of uh, of the second jab, uh, and we're gonna try to go back to the line by line. Uh, so another couple things are happening here. Uh, if you are in uh, Super Tits, if you're part of our Titan or Supercarrier group, you've been getting messages for a while now about how it's going to be closed down, and we have Fight Club and Titan Swarm. Uh, well, it's going to be closed today. So if you haven't applied to Fight Club or Titan Swarm, uh, fix your shit. Get that done because Super Tits is betting, finally being shut down. We spent weeks okay. warning people about that. Uh, so those are capital SIG groups, I think. Uh, the Titan, basically, all the Titan pilots are able to have access to certain certain messages and certain security uh, areas, secure areas. And uh, I think they are dissolving one group and bringing up another. And that may be to clean out uh, spies if they think they have a spy or something, or it may be a logistical transition. Not sure why they're doing it, but they are. It looks like closing one Titan group and opening another. If you are allies, uh, we want allies to apply to Capswarm if they haven't already. Uh, allied Capswarm is being closed also. Like, There's no reason to have a separation between us and our allied capital. So there's no more allied Capswarm. Please, if you are in allied Capswarm, if you're one of our allies, just apply to regular old Capswarm, uh, and, and that's how we're rolling. Uh, so there's much more efficiency coming to the capital uh, process. Uh, I want to hit on the F2 thing. Now, it's been a few weeks since I herfed a whole bunch of blurs about the F2 project. Uh, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, if somebody could find the Cultural Revolution thread and link it for me in Elysium. One of the reasons why it's so important to develop your F2 is that is finding new ways to use the sand in the sandbox. It's not it's developing your talents outside of the way that the puppies want. Right. 
they want people to fit into traditional roles. They think that all alliance leaders should be like headliner. And I would be delighted if all of our enemies were led by such fine, upstanding leaders as headliner. I think headliner is a great example of a wonderful fleet commander, alliance leader, and he's done great things with pandemic legion. And I cannot say enough good things about that. And I, I really hope that uh, the puppies do find similar equivalent leaders for all of their alliances. <laughs> but, yeah. No, Headliner has done a, a better job of ruining PL than anything we could have ever done. Uh, but regardless of that, uh, and I don't want people to start talking shit about Headliner. Don't pay attention to them. That's just a joke. Just ignore it. Keep ignoring PL. Let them, let them fucking ruin themselves on their own time. Uh, That's a somewhat responsible leadership saying, don't go after the other guy. Don't try to make him miserable. So he's not launching his guys to go and create havoc. And that's again, is good. You don't, you don't want your guys to do that. Um, Methanian actually got burned by doing that at one point. Uh, but uh, you, it's good that he's not doing it. It's good that uh, Millie wasn't doing it either. And the more of that kind of stuff happens, the better. You'll you'll see less toxic chat. You'll see less toxic messaging. And you'll see more uh, game playing. We're all Eve players after all. But uh, he goes on after making fun of uh, Headliner and being sarcastic towards his good leadership, etc. Uh, he goes on here. But anyway, where was I? Super Jet F2. Oh, we're talking about the F2 stuff. Uh, so the thing about this is... It is not enough in the situation that we are in when we are fighting the entire fucking galaxy of tattletales and fucking mall cops and teacher's pets uh, to just turn up and do one thing in fleet. Oh, I have been hearing great things from our fleet commanders. Like, I haven't really been hearing the things that we were hearing before the Cultural Revolution was announced. We're not really getting the whole, gosh, I'm not getting enough help. You guys have been doing a great job with the F2 stuff, and I'm talking about it here uh, to just keep it in the air, right? Like you guys have been doing wonderful with it. Please keep it up. The minimum standard for Boonstorm and, you know, I guess the rest of the Imperium can do this if they want to. The autocrats are all in charge of their own things. Uh, but at least for, for Goonswarm, uh, we want to make sure that people are doing more than just F1, right? Because we are fighting the entire galaxy of a bunch of puppies who's made it very clear that they want everybody to hold hands, sing Kumbaya, and be renters for their landlords and uh, just do their thing. Uh, and so to fight that, we need to make sure that everybody is doing one thing more, right? Not just turning up and fleet, but finding another way that you can add value to the tribe because I will be fucking damned if I let gobbins or any of these other pieces of shit dictate how we do our thing because they don't have the right to tell us how to do their thing uh, to do our thing Liberty. and we're never going to let them tell us how to do our thing because they don't get to do that they're not us they are them and that's fine that's perfectly fine like i'm fine with the puppies being them i'm fine with us being us i'm fine with those guys going off if they want to go off and be landlords and they want to like wallow around in their shit doing their thin-skinned agreement consensus thing off in some other corner of the galaxy, we're not going to go over there and try to stop them from the teacher's pets from being teacher's pets. But they're coming here trying to stop us from doing our thing our way. Uh, uh, so that's more of the liberty message. Don't let these guys tell you what to do or how to play the game. Um, in the future, I'll skip all this because I, I don't want to just amplify it, which I'm doing, but I also need this to be uh, for the record. Uh, but we'll skip ahead because he repeats it three or four times so far, and he, he keeps coming back to it. That's a discipline message. Um, you notice he uses the same exact words. That's a discipline message. Each other think, uh, and they're always polishing their puppy resumes such that they can lateral into other organizations. They don't really have as much of a tribal affiliation as we do. Uh, and so the reason why I'm calling this out isn't just herfity blurf, 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 but the... Funny, he says they don't... 
they don't have a tribal affiliation like we do. And on the flip side of that, you heard Billy saying they're a cult and they have a cult of personality or whatever. And it's weird to see that uh, get as hysterical as it has. So you're seeing two sides of that. One is he's saying we have a tribal identity and we're proud of that. They have nothing. They, they move all over the place. One guy will be in Horde one day and then he'll move over to test the next and then he'll be, end up in PL. Whereas we are a big family and we've been a big family for a long time. And then you could see on the other side of that, it's uh, uh, how they look at the same thing in different ways. Challenges that if we are correct on this, if I am right, that it is like a, a sandbox control thing for at least some of them, uh, that we should just expect that from them. And that might explain why they are so motivated to do what they do uh, while also crying as much about it when that is uh, pointed out. Uh, so we're going to do a little bit more investigation on that and try to really uh, get inside their heads and figure out what the fuck is going on. Uh, but that's just sort of where my thoughts are currently. Uh, anyway, back to more to do type thing. Uh, I want to give a shout out for scouts and NGSA, right? And uh, NGSA and scouts even sneak around in various other areas. Uh, fight the good fight. All right, I'm going to go ahead and take some. Uh, I think the, the only thing I want to hit on beyond that is uh, Insurgent Squad. Insurgent Squad is recruiting. One of the things that we've noticed is that after we wipe out the enemy and their stockpiles are mostly out, it just so happens that almost all the contract on hostile organization uh, contracts are scams. Uh, helpfully provided by Insurgent Squad. So please do join Insurgent Squad. They've been doing fantastic work. And similarly, we have seen to a lesser effect, uh, the enemy has tried to do this too. They're just less organized and less good at it than us. So I want to remind you guys that you can use the fit check. So I think what they're saying is they have a group that basically puts up fake contracts. And one of the reasons that's important is, oops, is because... Uh, a lot of supers were bought by Pappy and funneled out of Imperium space. The, the opposite may have been happening too, not sure. But you go in and you take advantage of the subsidized pricing of your enemy by bringing a spy in there and uh, and then just shipping that stuff out. So you're taking that, uh, again, subsidized equipment. And so what he's saying is there are fake contracts up there. So this is how you check against your fake contract so that you don't buy a fake contract uh, from your own guys. And I think he goes over that into the fit checker. It will tell you whether you have a legitimate contract or not. So that's a space. Uh, that's a call puppy. Sorry. So they have a tool that they use to do that. And I'm sure that's, a, I'm sure that's just for them. I don't think it's a public tool. That shit because they're little dick bitches. All righty. Yeah, uh, I can't do, avoid do, 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 that kind of stuff. Let me go ahead and take some questions. Here. What's Here's one questions. good thing that happened to you today? <laughs> uh, my girlfriend telling me how horny she gets when she hears me be really mean to the puppies on the meta show. Life okay, is pretty okay, good. Okay. Uh, in the Siege of VFK in 2012, uh, Ninetales uh, from Rue Squad, uh, I think he's in Rue Squad now, uh, held my hand and I was I was basically just absolutely insane with lack of sleep. I'm not a very good fleet commander. I hyper-focus on things. Uh, I did actually a lot of uh, capital fleet FCing uh, because since caps don't really uh, move around uh, in a 3D active way, I can think through it. Uh, and so I did a lot of Ninja Dread FCing uh, back when you could still do uh, injected Ninja Dread drops uh, several years ago. So I, I do cap FCing when I can and when I feel like it. Uh, but definitely subcap stuff is, you know, that's not my lane. Uh, that's not what I'm good at. I do other things. And that's fine. And that's perfectly fine. And the pubby thing to do would be to, to point and howl and say, gosh, gosh. Those people in the Imperium are not conforming to our views of how the sand of the sandbox should be used. Gosh, you have to do... I mean, it's, just, it's such little dick shit. Like, it's extreme 
little dick energy. And one of the reasons why I'm often being very crude, it, it is calculated. I am one of Okay, we'll get into his, his uh, calculation of using uh, a lot of this demeaning language, but uh, he's gone back twice or three times, I think, to the FC thing. So I think that's gotten to him. And he's thinking about like, I got to shore up this. I'm not an FC, so I can't be in charge. Um, normally, if something is said that doesn't bother you, you don't return to it more than once. You may deal with it once and you move on. But he's returned to it three times. I think he wants to shore up uh, that kind of maybe possible weak point. I'm not sure. I'm talking about, you know, penises and the bad guys are all howling about toxic masculinity and all this other stuff. There were no bad guys that talked about toxic masculinity. There was only me. So I think he watched that show or heard about it. Uh, so I didn't hear this until just now, but uh, there you go. Uh, he'll probably listen yeah. to this one as well. I don't mean any offense by these shows, but I do want to break down uh, leadership and the more ferocious it gets, the, the, the more I will try to point out like, uh, the underpinnings, whether they're good or bad. And, uh, so toxic masculinity, I stand by everything I said about that, even though people didn't like that word, but don't oppress, don't oppress me in the language that I choose to describe something that I see, because you're trying to get me not to oppress you guys with language. So let's just keep it out of the comments and and let, let that go. This is, and the bad guys are all howling about toxic masculinity and all this other stuff is that I know it drives them crazy. It drives them fucking up a wall. Uh, and maybe if they didn't act like little dick bitches, they wouldn't be called little dick bitches. It's fine for them. This is another thing. Uh, it's sort of one of the inherent hypocrisies in this is that your individual puppy, uh, piss pee shit poster will go out there on Reddit and anonymous, anonymously say all of these horrible things about us. But then when I say it, it's bad. And I think that the distinction is not just basic hypocrisy. But when I say these things, they know that there is a big audience that is also pointing and laughing at them and calling them cowardly little dick bitches. Right. And so, you know, they, they want to come at us. But when we come at them, oh, gosh, it's so different. It's so awful. How dare he? Gosh. Oh, gee, I'm going to feign. I better clutch my pearls. There's um. A filter song, uh, Hey Man, Nice Shot from the 90s, because uh, uh, that's uh, my age bracket. And one of the lyrics that sticks in my head the last couple of days is they put it in your face and let you smell what they consider wrong. And that is really fundamentally what's going on here is, is that these fucking pieces of shit every day are getting up and trying to shove what they think is bad and wrong under your nose to get you to feel bad about doing your thing. Except that we don't give a shit what they think and we don't give a shit what they want. And that's fine. There's it's freedom. There's freedom in that. They can go off and do their own thing, but no. No. They must crush the Imperium because they cannot handle anything other than an agreeable, conformist, cowardly consensus. It's pathetic. It's anti sandbox. Okay. There's uh there's just a lot. I mean, if you throw out a hundred insults you really only uh, get to come back at one or two of those so it's kind of that you know uh, i think it was brave new world where they said uh you basically uh flood you basically flood the masses with uh i don't know inaccurate messages or whatever lies and they can only ever not believe one or two of them but there's so many that anything that tries to 
uh, correct the record just gets washed away. And we've seen that in real life and we're seeing it here. It's a technique. Uh, I think he's aware of it. He's a smart guy, uh, uh, but it is, it is in front of you. This is what you're seeing is so much stuff that you can't really refute uh, all of it. Uh, and therefore a lot of that just gets through. Uh, it's uh, it's uh, a technique. Again, keeping an eye on what's going on in the three tech D um, we're still escalating. I don't know if it'll make it to caps. Some caps are in there. We will move there if we can, if they move into capitals, because then it will break open to a big fight. But there is action in 3TACD at this very moment. I'll try to skip. I'm sorry that I can't, because he's gone to certain themes like three or four times. So I will try to edit better. But this is kind of the first time I'm listening to this part. I, hey, I have to listen to this too. Uh, I because it's uh, it's uh, content and it's important and I have to look at what the subtext is and that's what I'm trying to break down for you guys. But I do also have to suffer through a lot of the stuff that I would rather not listen to about, uh, you know, his girlfriend or whatever. Just the, it's, it's the work. It's anti-Eve and we should never let him live it down. And I think it's going to make him very angry to have it pointed out to them how anti-sandbox they are. They're anti-sandbox in that there is clearly some sort of dirty, dirty shit happening at the CSM level between the PISP CSMs. Our finance people have been investigating that for some time now, and we hope to have something that we can put in front of you in a couple of weeks. There is there was clearly a bunch of dirty stuff happening with the casino war, with them relying upon casino-isk, unattackable RMT laundry, which the whole I want isk thing was. It wasn't. Uh, at least it was provable. I think they had some... Uh idea that it was also the money wasn't illegal uh it was just it, it became illegal later after the war was over but at the time it was totally uh it was totally within the bounds of the game it just wasn't a good idea and they rely on those things so you know it, it's just ugh, it's disgusting it's pathetic i can't believe that these fucking people want to tell us in the only good sandbox mmo that's still out there that Oh, you can't play the sandbox that way. Oh, you can't play Eve Online this way. Oh, you have to do this this way because, you know, I'm, you know, this is it's pathetic. It's genuinely pathetic. All right, let me take a couple of questions. Like I said, I was going to get to the end of this. I'd get mad about something and I'd end up herping blurf. But I'm, you know, I'm keeping it, uh, keeping it at a seven out of 10 today. Are the bad guys, this is a really interesting question from uh, Columbo. Uh, hey, Columbo, been a bit. Uh, are the bad guys bad guys because they're dicks or because space landlordism incentivizes people to be dicks? Now, technically speaking, uh, I mean, I'm a complete dick, right? Like, I'm a, I'm a huge fucking asshole, uh, you know, and it's fine to be a dick. Like, I... uh, I'm not sure he believes that, but I think that is uh, restoring credibility uh, on, I don't know. I, I, there, that's kind of a maneuver. It's, it's to say I'm aware because I can't talk about other people being a dick when I'm acting like one. So I'm aware that I'm acting like one and owning it. And that gives him the credibility then to project that onto other people. I don't have a problem with the bad guys being dicks because we're dicks too. Uh, or pussies or whatever the hell we feel like. And that's great. We can be whatever we want in EVE Online. That's sort of the whole point of EVE Online. Uh, I, I think that it's not just space landlordism because they've had the ability to run their renter empires and do all this other sort of stuff. Uh, I think that these thin-skinned little bitches cannot handle an EVE where somebody doesn't take their bullshit seriously. Right? And I think it, it it's a... It, it does go back to one of the things about Goonswarm is that, especially old school goons, uh, a lot of us have never played Eve in an environment outside of uh, Goonswarm. 
Uh, and when we spy on puppies, uh, we get to see what it's like over, you know, out there. Uh, and I think that at a fundamental level, they don't like the fact that we have our own thing, our own culture. We do things our way that isn't theirs. Uh, and they can't handle it because it drives them crazy. They, they can't control it and it makes them feel insecure. And it should make them feel insecure because maybe if they weren't a bunch of cowardly little bitches and got a fucking life, then they could accept the fact that the Imperium operates in a way that they don't like and, and roll with it. Uh, but they can't. And it's like, I, it is, it is really interesting. So, I'm a big sociology, psychology nerd and stuff like that. And to kind of deconstruct the meta show a little bit here, uh, a lot of times I'll get up there and, you know, I'm just, I'm. Well, this is interesting because I think he is into this stuff. He likes psychology, likes, uh, I think, mass uh, psychology from uh, talking to him. And uh, this is all very true. And it is interesting subject matter and stuff. And I think in EVE Online, he gets to practice some of the stuff that he learns uh, testing it out, which I think is what he's going to go into talking about the meta show. And this is interesting because it may be a motivation on why uh, certain people play this game, but it's also, it gives you a key into some of the behavior that you see coming out of the broadcasting from the Imperium. Saying basically the same stuff almost every week when I go into like an insult riff. Now, obviously I'm shaking it up a little bit, but what is always fascinating to me is to go after the puppies and then to see them respond at a greater or lesser extent uh, to the same insults, right? You know, I was, you know, basically, and this tells me a lot. It tells me a lot because if week after week I'm saying essentially the same thing when I'm insulting the pissy, hypocritical cowards, you know, weakling pieces of shit little dick energy, blah, 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 wrestler stuff, playground insults. Uh, and we at there, he's diminishing what he's doing, which I don't think is fair because he gets to, and he throws in all the names. You notice he doesn't just reference the names. He throws in all the names just to put them in there one more time. But then he's now, uh, saying that's, it's just playground stuff. It's just locker room talk. You know, this is what we do. You watch the intensity of the rage from the bad guys go up and go down. Uh, it is, uh, it's soft intel, right? And what I can tell you guys is that this has made them extraordinarily angry, right? Not me doing my thing because I'm saying the same shit pretty much every week. Uh, but the level of frustration and anger from the puppies is at a genuine fever pitch this week at a level that I haven't seen in a, in a hot minute. Uh, and I think that is because they are realizing that your resistance level is not going anywhere, that you guys are not going to break, that you aren't going to falter, that you aren't going to fail, and that you aren't going to bend the fucking knee to a little dick coward and do what these people say um and makes a great point and i think it needs to be considered that if he if what he's saying is true and i don't know that it is that he's seeing more anger on the side of pappy is that frustration that they're not making progress and th the fact is no progress is being made and the pappy forces had done their best to say no progress will be made don't look for progress gobbins even said don't look for a big fight they were trying to lower expectations on progress because they just wiped out a bunch of stuff i think somebody said on uh, talking in stations uh today or the other day it's really been a quiet week no keep stars died that's an incredible statement because so many have died in the previous weeks so pappy's trying to reduce expectations and what Matani is saying is, I see a lot of anger out there, and I'm not sure what it is, but I think what Matani is communicating is they're frustrated. Why are they so frustrated if they're winning? They're frustrated. And it must be because they're making no progress. I think that's the other shoe that would fall. 
I think that's why they're so mad. They're, they're seeing it slip away from them because they know that we've got more Titans than them. We know, they know that we want it more than them. Like, we want to fucking bring this to a conclusion. We want to, we're here to fuck. That's who we are. Uh, and so I think as they see the future that they had imagined beginning to slip away from them of their happy blue donut consensus where all puppies could get together and agree and sing kumbaya that goons are bad and that certain things shouldn't be done in the sandbox game because they feel that whatever bullshit. Uh, and I think that's why we are seeing this uptake in anger. And I think it's a good thing. I want our enemies to be frustrated. I want our enemies to be angry. I want our enemies to be miserable because that's what they wanted for us. And the moment that it doesn't go their way, you can see this on Reddit. These people immediately cry foul. They rush to their fainting couch because it's okay for them to say that you suck. But God forbid that you tell them that they suck. Oh, gosh. Gosh, that's awful. And the fact that our guys don't really give a shit what they think is, is fundamentally something that drives them crazy. So that's cool. Uh, why did a bunch of us get banned from Reddit? Uh, that's because Sapporo Jones or whatever the fuck the test mod guy, uh, was a, uh, pissed his pants like a little bitch because somebody pointed out the whole blue donut thing. And that's what kicked all that off. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why we're gonna, we're gonna make them choke to death on this blue donut serenity thing because they, they deserve to have it rammed down their throats. They deserve to be reminded of it constantly. And at such point that they stop screaming and crying about how awful we are for pointing out what they themselves have said and worked for, then when they stop screaming and crying about it, we'll probably call some other names. But it seems to be working just fine right now. All righty. I'm not going to get into the whole Reddit mod drama thing because it's in the territory of, like, stuff I just don't really give a shit about. Uh, he just did get into it, but he says he's not getting, I guess, not any deeper into it. But... Uh, there was something, and I did confirm that Sapporo Jones from Test was leader of Test. Actually, was uh, a moderator for uh, the uh, Reddit, and so there was again. I think some people were banned. Uh, if it had to do with Blue Donut stuff, it, they might he might have they might have been banned for going after Fraternity, a Chinese group, um, for uh, botting because that's seen as kind of a racial attack. Uh, or cultural attack or whatever. And uh, I think actually Matani himself goes after fraternity in the meta show where he says, if they want to be like fraternity and bot all the time, he says something like that, I think near the end of the show. Um, and that's kind of looked down upon. It's kind of getting close to, uh, this is not my standards, but this is what I've seen. People start to get defensive about it. Even if they disagree with it, you're not supposed to like go after people culturally and assign crime to them. And people consider botting crime in the game is a useful barometer for the level of outrage and misery that our enemies are going through. Uh, I kind of feel like we broke one of our favorite toys because Marcus Murphy didn't really seem like his heart was in the meta show summary, uh, but there's enough about that. Um, All right, let me see. Um, take another couple questions. So that answers who was talking on the test uh, thing that we heard earlier. The guy said, hey, what did you think about Matani mentioning me specifically on the meta show? And Billy's like, I don't know. I don't watch that. Did he mention you? Okay. I didn't think anything of it. And so now we know it was Marius or Marcus, one of those two. Uh, ADM fleets. I do want to give one final hype for ADM fleets because as we do have so little. ADM active defense modifier. It means it takes longer to take, uh, take down structures and take solve if you have higher ADM. So you need to get those up by basically having participation from your guys in the system that's what raises those adms again going back to 2014-15 density and population equal better protection official space yet 
um, that it is very important to keep the ADMs in our final constellation up and running. Please do join those when you see them. It is very important, especially when the ME isn't being very active. Those are great times for us to get out there and make sure that those ADMs are maxed out. And they're super chill and super important. All righty. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I'm going to go ahead and call it for today. Thank you all for coming. We will be back here next. That's it for it. That was the fireside chat happened on Sunday. We'll have another one in a few days. This was supposed to be done on Wednesday. So I'm sorry. It's a few days late. Still wanted to get it done. We'll do it again next Wednesday or actually in a two weeks because uh, fireside is every week, but the test is only uh, every two weeks. So there's no point in doing the fireside every, every week. That would be a little uh, unfair. So what we will do now is check in real quick on what's going on in uh, 3TAC-D. Looks like both groups wanting to jump in, uh, highly invested in the fight that was happening uh, a few minutes ago. I don't know if this is, let's reload that. We saw some Abaddon's uh, from, yeah, there's definitely capitals in there now. Super capitals on the side of uh, Swarm. So they did deploy super capitals. We knew that. Uh, there's Pandorolica FC for the initiative. He had a great bombing run earlier. Looks like they put everything in. I don't know what the response was from Pappy. I have a feeling it was, sub. I was looking at some information. It was just subcapital level. But they did prepare some caps. I don't know uh, if they thought they might capture um, some kind of a super and dread bomb it, maybe uh, killing something on the side there. I don't think it's a head-on collision. That's what we were watching, and it doesn't look like it's going to go in that direction. Uh, so we'll just call it a night, and if it uh, does go in that direction, if something big happens, we'll just cut to live coverage. But um, But that's it for today. Uh, remember that Sunday is going to be talking in stations with CCP, talking about the nullification changes and more. That will be Sunday. It was recorded earlier in the week. It's a great interview. I, I really encourage you to see it. Uh, I'm really happy with it. And I think they were happy with it too. So check that out on Sunday, the usual time for talking in stations. Now I'm going to go and have cool down session with my friends at open comms i invite you to come over there and hang out with them that is twitch slash open comms and uh, hang out with us over there but uh, that's it for us uh, tonight and we will see oops we will see.